Hello and welcome to The Stern Look. I'm Ben, also known as Kangaroos Forever on Big Footy. First up, we have Batman's arch enemy, the Quivster. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Quiv. Next up, we have Tyrone Vickery's second standover man in Le Grill. <laughs> Good evening. Good to have you on, Greg. Also tonight, we have Thank you. Uh, of the zombie communist chapter in Melbourne in Rob Zombie. Welcome, mate. Up the red zombies. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> So, first up is the Word Association segment, which is kindly led by Greg. Okie dokes. Um, I'm going to kick off with uh, Rob for his first show of the year. Um, Come at me. Okay, Rob. All right, Come at me. Now it works. All right. Jake King. Push-ups. <laughs> That's two words. Uh, Cameron Ling. <laughs> Blood done. <laughs> Marley Williams. Rude nut. <laughs> Josh Williams. Speedner. <laughs> Tom, Tom Bug. Rough nut. <laughs> Thank you for that, Rob. Okay, moving on to Quiv. Daniel Nel- Nielsen. No idea. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Um, no, nah, nothing. Sorry. Anipa Hura. Thug. Tom Boyd. Uh, um, depressed, I guess. <laughs> okay. Connor Blakely. Mm, no idea who it is, to be honest. <laughs> the, guy that, the guy that went surfing. <laughs> oh, Champion. <laughs> well, okay, thank you, Quiv. That's informative <laughs> as always. Yeah, um, sorry. I, uh, what a champion that bloke was. <laughs> so we should just oh, uh, the questions from this. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, ben. Oh, okay, we've got Cameron Zaha. Zoltan. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Um, Tyrone Vickery. Lawyer. <laughs> Shane Kirsten. Who? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to keep that answer. Um, Sam Menegola. <laughs> you just took my who away. Red vest. <laughs> Taryn Thomas. Gun. Okay, thank you, Ben. So, thanks for that, Greg. Thanks for leading that. <laughs> so, we'll move straight up to thumbs up, thumbs down now. So, Nielsen this week, which is a great decision by the coach. And my second thumbs up is the senior promotion of Ken Zerha to the senior list. He's one to look out for in the future. And my first thumb down this week is basically Danny's, Danny Green's comments about there not being oh. in the bug hit on Mills. It was a very, very average comment to make from a guy in his position. And the second thumb down just for something is the loss last week. It was a bit shitter than normal, normal losses. So what are your thumbs up and down, Greg? Um, just... Just before I get to that, um, I'd like um, I liked your uh, thumbs down on the Danny Green comments, particularly when he's leading the um, advertisements for the um, the Coward Punch um, awareness program. I thought that was a really really odd odd comment for him to say and pretty uh, damaging to the work that he was trying to do. But anyway, back to the thumbs up. I I liked uh, Declan Mountain Mountford's game. Okay, Gary did get a lot of the ball, but Declan certainly got some himself and played pretty well. I think there's something there to work with. Um, my other thumbs up was Luke McDonald. I think that was... Um, I thought he was clearly the best on ground for us. Um, really loving his season so far. He's been 
coming along very, very nicely. Um, my thumbs down is just the continual letting players off the hook. I'll accept Gary Ablett because historically we've not been able to, to uh, do anything about him, but um, Lions getting career-best scores. I think um, there were, on the commentary they were mentioning that there were certain players that were getting you know career highs and disposals against um, North Melbourne, and I'm thinking... I think that'd be a lot. I, I think that'd be the case for a lot of players. It just seems like we just. I know Ben Jacobs is injured, but we just seem to have a hard time stopping players to get a run on. And the other thumbs down was the uh, potting of uh, Mitch Hibbard in the match threads. Guys playing his second game, and to be to be honest, I actually thought he was doing some fairly good things. Um, certainly something to work with. So I was a bit puzzled by those comments. Thanks for that. The quiz stuff? Um, so I'll start off with just the one like, which has been touched on, which is just the debutants, uh, debutants. Um, I think the more we play, the better. Let's, we'll find out who can play, who can't. Get rid of the deadwood and do this rebuild properly. Don't half-ass it. Um, for my dislikes, I've kind of stolen my thunder with K4E and then G and 80 went and stole my little extra bit of thunder I was going to add to that. But um, I'll, I guess I'll stick with cheap shots in footy in general. Um, I'm not talking about the Joe Hannison type cheap shots, but just the punches. Um, we've had Cunnington get done for it a couple of times now. The, the bug one, obviously. Uh, the Hooley. There's, there's just no need for it in our game. I know his testosterone's flowing. It's, it's quite high and it's a rigorous sport. But shit, you got to know not to throw a punch, and I'm starting to side with that Muppet, David King, and, I, and he's saying, um, if you throw a punch, no matter if it hits him or not, you, you're going to get done for it, and I, I think that's the way to go. Um, that's about it for my, uh, my likes and dislikes, because you stole them off me. <laughs> Sorry about that, Quiff. <laughs> I'm surprised that he made the comment about Sean Attlee putting up probably his best champion points for quite a while, the ranking points. People that are measuring it saying that Sean Atley's having a pretty good season. I'm, I'm not seeing it myself, but it, stats don't always lie. Uh, look, his last what three or four weeks have been uh, better than the early weeks. But let's uh, let's just I went a bit early, um, early in his career. So let's just hold off a bit and see how he continues it. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you changed um, in terms of the stalking? Um, process to bring about this form change have you you know gone to a south facing window or no instead of sitting in the bushes with my binoculars i've, I've just got a drone now so i do it from the comfort of my couch oh, okay. <laughs> you live that close to him cool. there. <laughs> just got a very good drone <laughs> fair enough fair enough quit the millionaire rob <laughs> Look, I, I told you I was going to be boring and only have the obvious ones, but yeah, thumbs up is just the, the promotions of kids into the seniors and onto the senior list in general. Been really happy to see. I just had a quick look and we've got uh, in the 25s for Sunday, we've got 10 players with 50 games or less. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, five of which are in their first year of senior footy. So that's very encouraging. Thumbs down. It's just the existence of Gold Coast as a football club. <laughs> There's nothing enjoyable, nothing enjoyable about sitting down on a Saturday afternoon when you could be doing something fun and watching us play on the Gold Coast on a postage-sized bit of an iPad. It's just not, not football. You know, sometimes you go, how good's footy? That's not how good's footy. <laughs> Very fair. Oh, right, thanks for that, Rob. We'll move straight into the issues of the week now. So the first and there's the rest of Jake King over making threats to basically kill and potentially thousand dollars for Tyrone Vickery, who's also facing deep take on the situation. Oh too well. I mean apart from the obvious that how much of an idiot is Tyrone. Like his Hawthorne career appears to have peaked in a pre-season game at Arden Street. 
Again, career already. best games against North. Career best games against North. Tyrone Vickery <laughs> at Arden Street in the preseason. Um, I stand by that comment. Yeah. <laughs> and how good's Hawthorne, How good was Hawthorne's off season? <laughs> that a that one of the highlights of their off season was Tyrone Vickery's game in Arden Street. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if Vickery and, and Omira both turn out to be busts, I, I think they've put that list back a fair way. Well, oh yeah, oh, that, that's obvious, and it's and it's been obvious for a long time. It's just I haven't been on for a while to gloat about it. <laughs> Get it off the Also, so, so I guess in a thumbs up, and, and unlike most people on the board, I I don't hate the Bulldogs. But while I don't hate them, I'm entirely happy to death ride their third and fourth round draft picks. So <laughs> collapse away, boys. <laughs> oh, yes. uh, any, anyone else got anything on Vickery? Because I think Rob answered the question. <laughs> oh, frankly, it's just it's too ridiculous to talk about. Like, uh, the, the stupidity. The whole situation, and I'm just baffled how stupid people can be, particularly Victoria University law students. Would have thought he had a bit more, bit more sense than that. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I just find it funny that a guy so much shorter than him is acting as his stand-up guy. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy is just a push-up kid. <laughs> well, they're a bit funny down Richmond way because, I mean... You've got Trent Cotchin who gets white knighted by his wife. So I think the, the traditional roles of protector are somewhat skewed down at Punt Road. Yeah, well, intergenerational inbreeding does do that. Right, we'll <laughs> move on to the next issue, and that is the life ban given to the AFL Diversity Manor Manager. I'm not going to bother pronouncing his name because I know I'll stuff it up. For his deliberate nasty punch in local football, he's now been investigated by police. Quid, fair enough punishment? Um, yes, it is. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is um, the tribunal or whoever handles it knew that he was going to get a life ban for the 14, so why not just make a statement and give him a full 16, which um, rules him out even if he had a clean sheet. Um uh, the other part of it, I guess, is I'm glad, I don't know the guy's name that, that he hit, but I'm glad that he's uh, gone to the police and getting charged. I, I, it's always baffled me how if you're on the football field, you can punch anyone in the face and get away with it without criminal charge. So um, I'm happy to see that, and I wouldn't mind seeing more of that in the, in the sports world. So uh, I hope this guy gets what's coming to him. Oh, that's interesting. It's, we actually had this discussion on the main board. There was a Fred created the bed at whether players should be charged for those types of punches. I think the, the, that punch, uh, Barry Hall one, so, you know, the real, real uh, malicious, to use uh, the Bont's favourite word, um, <laughs> at, at, attacks, you know, and in particular this guy, he ran 30 metres to throw a punch. He he had time to think about what he was doing, he had time to pull out. Um, it, it's assault, no matter how you look at it, so... Yeah, I'm glad that yeah. there's police action being taken here. Fair enough. Righto, well, anything else to add before we move on, fellas? No. No, righto. We'll move straight on to club discussion then. Very quick fire show tonight. So, in regards to club discussion, there's not a whole heap outside the Cam Zerha promotion to the senior list, as stated earlier. Also this week is Dan Nielsen debuting. He becomes the 1,000 seconds shimbana. 100 shinbone before Nielsen was Daniel Wells, and before Wells was Lee Tudor at 800. Nielsen will be wearing the number 26. Previous numbers players to wear that number include the infamous Taylor Hine, Lockie Hansen, Sav Rocker, Peter Bell, and Alex Shenko. Moving on to the VFL just very quickly. We all know- Hold on, there is one more bit of North Melbourne news, and it is the re-signing of the secret weapon to luring <laughs> Dusty Martin, Harley Williams. Yes, that's very, very good news thing. indeed. Yeah, a great thing because, I mean, like a lot of people, I, I had my concerns when we uh, decided to trade for him, but he's just been 
he's just been fantastic since he's come across. He hit end of 2019, I believe, well, so decent amount of time added on to his contract there. And he's been a very good player for us. He's, he'll be in our top five for BNF if he actually played all games. And the two years will give him, you know, two good years with his best mate. So that's oh, all yeah. Yeah. Oh, he'll probably <laughs> be here for the next seven years, so that's all right. <laughs> we'll move straight on to the VFL very quickly. Wherever he went down again, second loss in the row. Sam Wright had his second game back. He had 30 disposals, a little bit scrappy, but he did pretty well. Larky, Nielsen, and Anderson, all pretty good for North, though Anderson had a few blues. It won't be a game featuring Anderson without those errors. This week, Warby will be at Coburg at 2 p.m. on Saturday, the development game in AM. So there's not much more to add, so we'll move straight on to the questions. Do we, do we know which... Um... North-listed players are expected to line up for Werribee? Well, I'm not sure, Sam. There are with the extended bench. Because given the, the the number of injuries and and promotions and stuff we've got, it must they must almost be fielding a, a Werribee team. Yeah, well, I know it was the case with the midfield last week. There was almost no one left in terms of North players. It was shocking. Well, you'll think that... Um, I mean, obviously, the three off the bench will come in as well, so... Like, because, I mean, at the moment, the bench has got, well, there's space to drop three players. So, yeah. so obviously, they'll come in. I mean, I I don't think that, from the sound of things, that Ben Jacobs will come in. I'm trying to think of who else might be missing that might be borderline, and I can't think of anybody else. Everybody else is either injured long-term or in the top side. Well, there's guys like Josh Williams and a few others. I don't think Deck Watson is back from injury. I don't know what injury it is. It seems to keep him out. So, Larky Williams, Matt Watson. Uh, Matt Taylor, isn't it? Matt Taylor, sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you'd assume, Sam, you'd Wright. Assume Sam Wright. You'd assume Zerha isn't going to debut unless he's a lady. Yeah, I'll say it'd be an emergency. I would I've got a, I've got a sneaking suspicion that we might be getting another um, another announcement tomorrow morning. I was thinking about this the other day. Just the way that, oh, sorry, this morning. Um, the way that Brad was speaking about him, it seemed as though he actually really wanted to get him in. And yeah, because he was asked about Fordham, and he said Fordham and Kamzerha, didn't he? Yeah, it's just I, I can't remember the exact quote, but. There was something that he said or some inflection that made me think that, well, hang on a sec, he might be uh, he might be coming in as well. And I think what might be happening is they might have they might announce him on separate days as opposed to stealing a bit of Dan Nielsen's thunder, um, you know, from the announcement and the, and the associated hoo-ha about yeah. that. So well, they'd have, time. have mean, time to get his family over for Sunday, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, yeah, because I mean, he's he's from Perth, so yeah. Uh, just, I reckon he'd know he would know himself whether he's in or out, obviously. But um, plus yeah. the uh, the the little feature video midweek. Yeah, some. Yeah. Oh, but didn't um the guy, the outgoing media guy, sort of say that it was just coincidence a lot of the time? Yeah, true, Ricky. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, I Ricky. couldn't remember his name. Ricky, Mangi- Ricky Mangidis. Yeah, yeah I'm well, just looking at, be, looking at the playing. selected team, and, and at the moment, Garner's the third tall. I don't mind that. Um, I think, I mean, you expect that, you know, Golden Door will swap themselves, and but I think going in a smaller team, particularly against the Dockers, yeah, mm. I think that's a good. I think that's a good move. Especially since our pressure seems to have dropped off in recent weeks, etc. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Go on, did it. Anyway, we're getting way off topic. I'll put about the <laughs> yeah, slides, guys. Uh, we'll move straight on to the questions. Just, we'll smash through these and then we'll get into the review. So, Rob, will any of Waite, Hanson, Thompson or Swallow play games for us next year? Any of Waite, Hanson, Swallow or Thompson? Be surprised if any of them play any games for us next year. I agree with that. No one's got a contrary point to that. Um, no, nah, look, and I, I said this on one of the threads during the week. 
my, my feeling about Hanson is that he's a good enough player to be valuable for a team that needs what he does. Yep. And I yep. don't yep. think that's us right now. So I think there's every chance he'll find a home with someone who needs, uh, you know, intercept marking, floating, tall defender, swingman type, maybe a Richmond. You know, Richmond's tall setup's pretty pretty janky. Um, so I think there's every chance he gets an offer. Um, Thompson, it probably depends how he finishes out the year because he had a stretch where he was really good. Um, I think I he's been good. I think he's been I good. Watched, this you year. know, just just as a bit of a, a bit of a palate cleanser for some of the rubbish on the bye bye Brad thread, I went and watched the first quarter of the Adelaide game again. Yeah, he was bloody good in that game. Mm. He was also bloody awful last week. <laughs> I, he, he was not an orphan there, <laughs> but I mean. But I think uh, who, I, I, who else did we have? Swallow and you know, Jesus. As as much as I don't want to disrespect, uh, honestly, he's a great of the club. But I think I think he could go and spend a year playing with his brother with no hard feelings. I think that's a general consensus with Swallow anyway that he's gone. Yeah, absolute warrior. Gave the club everything. You know, best and fairest in some lean years. You know, uh, who was the fourth one? Wait. I think, and again, I think I said on one of the threads, um, it was probably uh, Teffy's thread, uh, that calf that he's got now might be the reality check that the, the list management team needed. Last week, I thought. Because he'd, he'd been playing some fantastic footy, and I thought, geez, But if you keep one of those four, one or more, then that eases the pressure to delist a young bloke the following year because it's it's not just what's your plan for delistments this year, it's what's your plan for the rolling delistments over the next three. And I don't think there's really much sort of in-depth or nuanced discussion of, well, if you delist everyone now, who do you delist next year? There's, there's always someone because you have to. But <laughs> you know, hang on to a bloke because he can... He's a, he's a good depth player, and you hang on to him knowing that he's only got one more year left, and he, he lets another another bloke off the hook that you'd rather keep. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, Quiv, next question: What's the one thing the coaching staff should be focusing on for this year to set this up for a good year next? Year? Um, I think I touched on it a little bit in my likes and dislikes, and I think that's um, playing as many players as we can, find out who can, who can't, who's going to be there in um, not just next year. Obviously, there's only, what, eight games left, so it's, it's a bit hard for some of the players to see who um, who can and can't make it. But um, for me, I think that's what we need to do. We need to see who's got the goods. Um, and definitely our priority should be defensive pressure. I think that's where we lack, especially in our midfield. Um, I've got a lot of midfielders coming in now, which will hopefully help with that. But they're young. They're, they're still, you know, a lot of them under 50 games. They're still learning the the AFL level of the game. Um, but if we can get somebody in, I don't know, I don't know who. But if we can get somebody in there to teach them the the defensive skill set is just as as uh, highly rated as an offensive skill set, it'll go a long way in uh, helping us uh, work our way back up the ladder. Yep. Fair enough. So we'll move quick on to... So... Oh, sorry, mate. So, well, this might be a good time to launch into to this other stuff. You talk about, you know, needing to teach guys defence and offence, and this has been a bit of a discussion this week, hasn't it, about... Is Brad teaching kids offense first, and is it the right way to do it, or is it different? Is it defying conventional wisdom, or anyone have any thoughts? Yeah, it's certainly interesting the stats they use to prove this. That we're going about completely opposite way. That rebuilding teams usually focus on the utter basics of defense, and they build from there. And we've seen this with a lot of teams, rebuilding teams from the last ten years. And North's trying to buck this trend a bit and try and keep that scoring up in terms of being more attacking than defensive. So, and this, this is, it's, it's untried, well, isn't it? 
I know Brad talked about it. I was looking for the video during the week when it came up, but I couldn't find it. It was one of those sort of extended on the couch type things that Brad sometimes does when he was asked flat out, you know, offense or defense, what's harder to coach and teach and learn and execute. And he said, undoubtedly offense is harder to coach than harder to learn. And you should do that first. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody, so this is, you know, we've actually got something out of Brad's mouth that says he wants players to have attacking instincts ingrained in them properly as part of their, mm. their footy education at the level, right? And so somebody mentioned the squiggle, and we've been going so crap that I've uh, I've avoided the squiggle for a month or so, but I went back and had a look. <laughs> and you're right. The squiggle says we've, appro- we've, we've improved as an attack this year over last year. Now we're scoring more. We're scoring more relative to what we should for the defences we're up against. And then I thought, how does that compare to other years? So I went and looked in the squiggle, and you listeners at home, you can do this yourself, squiggle.com.au, and look at every year of the Brad era from 2010 to now. And the current year looks most like 2010 in terms of squiggle shape. So I've actually now got a sample size of two to say when Brad takes over a rebuild, what does he do first? What does he prioritise? Um, the other thing that struck me in the squiggles was that Brad's best team wasn't the 2015 team that was in front at halftime of the preliminary final, but it was a 2013 team that didn't even make the finals. That was Brad's best squiggle team by a mile. It was It was way ahead of that sort of cluster of middling teams and really looked like a potential threat to the top sides, and they finished nine. <laughs> and so I made some notes. You're not going to stop me. <laughs> you look, I looked at the list in 2010. In 2010, the following I – I didn't look that hard. I looked at the last round. So what was the team that we took into round 23, 24, 22, how many rounds 2010 had? Um what was the team we thought we were going to take into the following year? And the players over 25 in that team, Aaron Edwards, Spud Ferrito, Nathan Grimer, Lee Harding was 29, Boomer was 32, Corey Jones was 29, Hamish McIntosh was 25, Daniel Pratt was 27, Brady Rawlings was 29, and Daniel Wells was 25. That is not, if you're honest a really inspiring list of talent. <laughs> no, you're not out of, that, out of that lot, the only three players, I reckon, that were over 25 in 2010 that would go on to be influential for much of the following period would be Spud, Boomer and Wellesie. Mm. Maybe McIntosh. I think McIntosh definitely had the talent to do it, but injuries and... But I, I think he was almost cooked by then, wasn't he? He didn't... Play oh, much, didn't play much quality footy under Brad, did he? Wasn't fit enough, often enough, to play much quality footy under Brad? Yeah, I can't really recall, so you might be right. <laughs> and the best's only going on disposal count for that round. Levi Greenwood had uh, 39 disposals and a goal uh, and 10 tackles or something. He had a ridiculous game, age 21. Brady Rawlings had a lazy 37. Scotty Thompson was 24, so a well-established player by then, had 30 touches. Boomer had 30. Wellesley had 26. Swallow, 25. Spud, 24. Uh, Missing from that team, so I say there are only three on that list that would be influential. Zeeble, Thomas, Patch Adams and Drew Petrie were all missing from the team on that day. At the end of that year, we delisted Lee Harding, delisted or retired, Lee Harding, Warren Benjamin, Connor Meredith, Alan Obst, Josh Smith, Corey Jones and Nathan O'Keefe. And that was just the start of the clean-out that Scott had to do. The following year, we went on to delist or retire Brady Rawlings, Ed Lower, Ben Ross, Braden Norris, Marcus White, Matthew Scott, Daniel Pratt and apparently Urquhart again. Oh, no, that was the first time we did Urquhart according to Wikipedia. And the ins to the 2011 side, so year two of Brad, 
the Basti Harper mullet. Black debuted in the last game of the season. Uh, that's all I've got in my notes. The following year, 2012, so we're still not competitive in 2012, but we had that run home at the end of the season. We had delisted Urquhart again. Jeez, we love delisting Urquhart. <laughs> um, M. Lynch, was that Max Lynch? No. M. Lynch? Malcolm Lynch. Delisted Urquhart, Malcolm Lynch, Cruz Garlett, Matt Campbell, Ben McKinley, Ben Spate, Ben Warren. Had to make room for all of the jacks that we were going to get. <laughs> but then in came Garner, Jacobs, Wood, also Wilkins, Curry, Hine, McGinnis, Spate and Richardson. Um, sorry, my kid's just giving me a note about that achievement that he had. Um, so that's a, that's a lot of turnover, a lot of ordinary players from 2010 to 2012. I put it to you, Your Honour that the list is in better shape in 2017 than it was in 2010. Yep, I would agree. Easily. And given that it was from 2010 to 2013 before we had effectively a list that could have nicked a flag, I'm not saying powerhouse, but could have nicked a flag, we go from 2017, 2019 I reckon we're in with a shot. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if our our list is better and more sustainable, now what did I have? I had somewhere, oh, that 2012. The last good win of that year was round 21 against Collingwood. And the bests that game were Harvey, Gibson, Bastinac, Cunnington, Swallow, Thompson, Zeeble. But in that 2012 team, there was only one player under 20, and that was Sean Attlee. Jesus. So he went from blooding kids in 2010 to by 2012, there was only one kid under 20 in a round 21 team. By the way, uh, Andrew Swallow in 2010 had played 84 games and kicked 45 goals. He was going at better than half a goal a game as a young midfielder. Look at him now. Oh, so, so sad. So anyway, that's that's my thoughts on rebuild. Scott's done it before, and what he's doing now seems to be consistent with what he did in 2010. And I think You're happy it, with it, it won't be. I'm 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 okay with it. I think I think there's no need to to be all sack Scotts, but I wouldn't be extending him until we know how how 2018 looks. You know, yeah. until we're well into that season, we know what what the shape of the list is and and how he goes with what he's got at his disposal next year. Yep. Yeah. I would agree. Thanks. So, so. <laughs> that is some very good information, mate. Yeah, very in-depth. <laughs> probably the deepest analysis we've probably ever done on this show. <laughs> we don't like remembering those years too much. <laughs> no. Look, I'd forgotten how blah the list was in 2009-10, like what, how the disrepair it had fallen into. And that's oh. by the stage we've gotten rid of Calthorpe and and Sam Power. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that whole thing from like that whole six onwards. That whole David Calthorpe, Sam Power, who else? The potato from Essendon. We had Cameron Thurley. We had oh Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Merch. Want to do this? <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> yeah, we'll be here or not, boys. Come on down. God. Anyway, we'll move on now because we've a bit of time on that. So, the Suns game, Rob's just spent two hours talking, so I'll give it to Quiv. Quiv, how did you see the match? Um, I think it went as expected. Uh, for me, Gary Ablett did what Gary Ablett does against us. Um, and it was a Gary Ablett show, really, other than him not scoring goals. Um, Luke McDonald had, I reckon it was his best game. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a genuine gun. I absolutely love that bloke. Uh, what else happened on that day? Sorry. No, you're I lost my train of thought after that. Um all in all, it was a pretty ordinary game on our behalf. I feel sorry for Philly Roo, who made the trek up there, but uh, hopefully he drowned his sorrows enough to get to not remember it. 
Um, I think the scoreboard in the end flattered, flattered us, um, only going down by 17 points. I think Suns kind of took their foot off the pedal in the last quarter. Uh, At the same time, though, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to my, my extended thing from before. But a game that we all thought was shit and boring and terrible, we still generated 29 shots on goal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I was mentioned that last week. It's it's typical for a, a North Melbourne Gold Coast game. One team scores around the 120 points, one around the 90 points. Uh, there's been a few that haven't gone that way, but... Uh, we, we seem they seem to be reasonably free flowing. Um, I don't know why that is, but on the David King level of analysis, it just makes it up. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just a weird thing I've noticed with Gold Coast games. Um, uh, obviously, pretty pretty poor uh, performance overall. I think by most of our squad, particularly for the first three quarters. Um, sad to see Jared Wake go down. I think uh, it's it's an age injury. Uh, Calf's going to be hard to come back from. We've seen that with one Daniel Wells. Um, what else happened? Um, yeah. Nothing else? <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just trying to think back now. Uh, if somebody else has anything to mention, feel free. <laughs> 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 um yeah like like the others it was a bit of a blah game really it was um i thought it was actually quite good that we managed to generate so many scoring shots but whilst we were playing quite poorly i think that after the second quarter pretty much sharp and i well personally had thought that we'd get yeah, we pretty much lost it here um However, there were a couple of periods where I started thinking, hang on a sec, we might be a shot coming back here. And that staying, I mean, it would have been very easy to drop the heads and gone down by 50 points in a game like that. So in that respect, there's a bit of a positive. Yeah. And on, as on that, as long as, as long as I'm going to take it up to the, to the bye-bye Brad Brigade, I see no evidence that the group's quitting on him. No, I, I, would, I don't agree that they are. I think... Um, and that's the biggest red flag that a coach has got to go, isn't it? The group's quit on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I'll, I'll just quickly touch on it with the Brad. I I flip-flop. I, I'm Depends on what time you get me and what's happened mm-hmm. because I can see a, a lot of what Brad Scott does and you, you start talking about that, building the list and having the squad... And to be honest, if we were to be brutally honest, that squad was never really good enough to win a flag. I mean, we had good some good players. We topped up with some pretty good players, but it's never really been that premiership caliber list. And yeah, but you know, the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs last year proved that you can nick one, and you, and you know, when you nick one, the the flag flies forever. That's right. And that, no, no, no. That that that's fun. but what I'm what I'm saying, perhaps that. Brad Scott's tactics were actually a lot better than he gets great given credit for. I mean, there's things that you see, there's selections that you see that sometimes make you think, um, well, what's he thinking there? You know, like, and, and that, I think that's what probably gets a lot of supporters offside. But I think it was actually, like you said, a really good example that the team didn't just drop it and get punched by, by 10 goals. They, they stuck with it and, with a bit of luck and a bit better execution, we could have we could have pinched that game. So, um, but my thoughts from the game, apart from that, was I was actually pretty ha- um, pretty happy with uh, Mitch Hibbert and Corey Wagner. I think they both showed things. Now, hopefully, with more games at the top level, though the little kinks in the system, because there are some kinks in both of the players, will yeah. get ironed out. Um, I love. Corey's attack on the ball. And I thought Hibbard, his football brain is there, but it's about getting the brain to talk to his body to get the right thing going at the right time. Um, and I think, again, that's probably more adjusting with the pace. Yeah. I think um, when he first started in the VFL, it was much the same. 
and he got used to the pace and then he and then and then he's had you know finished last season with some very good games and had some very good games this season um so i think there is something in both of those players i know that they were probably two players that got pointed out as not as well people not sure whether or not they'll be they'll be in the long term but i think give them a shot before we write them off um i was a little bit um, disappointed with Madge. I think last week we were talking about we really want him to come in and smash packs, even if he doesn't take the mark, just really make his presence felt. And I think he did it once, but there were plenty of opportunities for him to do that. And I just think for him to be long-term at this club and to be a first-team contributor, he needs to be basically smashing packs all game, every game. And if he can do that, I think I think we'll get a lot of use out of him. Yeah. However, he just needs to be he needs to repeat and do it again and again and again. And that's if he can fix that, happy days. If not, well the this this whole in and out situation will continue, I think. Yeah. Well the thing is he's only played what, thirty games. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it should be he should be playing better. Yes, but I think we should just pump the games into him for the rest of the year, despite. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because he's just yeah. a, he's a confidence player. I'm, look, unfortunately at North we've got a lot of confidence players, but we were saying having these discussions about Ben Jacobs a few years ago. But was he going to be consistent? The deer in headlights, that type of thing. He's mentally short, etc. But. And he was a confidence player. A lot of people would say that about him. But we gave him a shot, yeah. pumped games into him, we gave him a role, and he nailed it. And I'm not sure... I hope Madge can do that, but if not, he's going to be in the VFL a lot of the time for the next two years. I mean, he's got all the attributes to do it. Um, and, you know, I, I I completely agree with you. He's another one that will only benefit by having an extended run of games. There's no point him coming in and coming out, dropping in, dropping out, because he just won't get that continuity and he won't be able to build. And and basically, you'll find that his, um, his, learning, his learning capacity will just increase from there because he's seeing the same things week in, week out. There's no point him dominating and smashing packs at VFL level when it's a completely different ball game in the, in the top side. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I'm confident with Madge. There was one thing that stood out to me. Um, can't remember what quarter it was, but basically uh, a mark was taken by Gold Coast and he ran back to cover a man, which uh, probably even a year ago, I don't think he would have had the smarts to do. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't take the instant mark that he, he sprinted for, but he was very close. <laughs> and I think in the end he put the pressure on and it was a turnover. So... Um, he's he's definitely learned a lot. He's he seems to be learning uh, quicker now that he has been getting some game time. Um, so yeah, I, I've always been a big advocate of him, and I hope I hope the hell that he plays for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, we're starting to run out of time now, so we'll move quickly on to the preview. So the ins and outs uh, up north: Ben Cunnington, Trent Dumont, Daniel Nielsen for his debut, which is confirmed. Braden Bruce, Jai Simpkin, and the possibility of Cam Zerha coming in, though I doubt it at this stage. Out is Jamie McBillan, probably for six weeks, though quite possibly the rest of the year. Jared Waite and Mason Wood are both out with calf injuries, so Philly Rue can return to the football. <laughs> Mason Wood is out. <laughs> because he's got a sore paw, because he's apparently a big cat, according to Philly. But... Freeman. Would that say that? <laughs> I don't agree with the assessment. I'm a, I'm a fan of Mason, so that's his. Philly's paying right to say that as a member. All right, so for Fremantle, Connor Blakely is back from his surfing trip. <laughs> Therapeutic surfing trip. That's it, therapeutic. Refreshing for the soul. Josh <laughs> Stephen Hill will be a definite in. Shane Kirsten appears to be Ken McCarthy's out. And Ryan Nias is in for his debut, quite possibly. He's been talked up on the freeboard board a bit. And Aaron Sanderlands is out. 
I say Kirsten and Stephen Hill will be their only ins. Although they might drop someone like a Subin or something like that. Though after a good win, they probably might not. After you've got yeah, seven disposals. Yeah, you'd be shocked to see, um, in particular, somebody like Connor Blakely come right back no, in after a punishment. I reckon, I reckon he will be in. Yeah, I reckon talk that he he's will had be. His week. He's had his week. They've named and him I, on the ground for what it's worth. Yeah, oh, I think okay. he'll, he'll, he'll play and he'll yeah. just um, get onto a few barrels and probably win the carriage. <laughs> yep, I agree. I, I reckon Shane Kirsten, just because they need that structure, is poop. Because their forward line consists of small forwards, small forwards, and small. so we'll just go through the matchups any any case. So Tarrant, Thompson, Nielsen, key defenders. Though it appears that Fremantle probably only got two key forwards, so should, Thompson might play a bit smaller or on the, one of their medium forwards. So we we'll have to wait and see. Probably on a Subin type, perhaps. You'd expect this is the type of game where Thompson goes back to the Thompson of best and he racks up the 20-plus touches and he plays a, almost a rebounding defender type role. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he'll yeah. try and push up a bit more because he doesn't have an obvious matchup. Seem Nielsen's in because Nielsen will take the... Yeah, they've, uh, they've named Brennan, Crocks at full, Brennan Cox at full forward on the, on the team sheet. Yeah. He'd be the obvious matchup for Nielsen. Yeah, and yeah. Kirsten, two rookies, yeah. and then Kirsten. And same, same size too. Like Nielsen's one ninety four, one ninety four and ninety five, I think, and Cox is one ninety three and ninety three. Yeah, a lot depends if they send Logue up forward like they did against this last yep. one. But he's played but defense. Thompson, Thompson could handle Logue, surely. Yeah, well, we've got enough options for free key forwards, so I think we'll be right. Yeah. In terms of small forwards, it's going to be interesting. I really hope they don't put. McDonald back in the back line. That's just I don't want that. Look, I looking at the of, team sheet, it's hard to see that they don't. Yeah, I think he's he's got a run and with Walters, especially after the game Walters had last week. Well, yeah, missing Marley in this one, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But the thing is, at least Walters plays up the ground, and it means McDonald's up the ground. So that's probably yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, but the yeah, there's is, nobody. You got to play no. Jesus, we're stuffed for small defenders this week. Yeah. Unless, um, unless Thompson Lindsay! Goes... <laughs> oh, God. That, that's mm. a, that's, I'm, I'm not sure if you'll be late here. I don't know. Um, would you put Scott Thompson on Hayden Ballantyne and just tell Atlee to go with him, uh, with nah, Walters? Ballantyne will embarrass the crap out of him. I'll put Atlee on Put Hibbard on Subin, Mullet on, as I said, Cox, Nielsen, Terrence, Kirsten, Thompson to whoever, like a Crozier type, as for Walters, oh, McDonald might have to do a job on him. That sucks. Um, we need to take the options of running guys like Mountford and Gibson through the back half to yeah, but Gibson to create to create some line. rotations. And hopefully, no Zebel playing permanent halfback for yeah. uh, halfback to halfback. So that was just a baffling. <laughs> I think decision. that was a um, I think that was a product of um. The laid out, I don't think. Oh, it definitely was. There's no way it was a, a plan throughout the week, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. sheesh, it was, it was just bad. Yeah, it was a weird Did week. You... We saw Lindsay Thomas in the back line. How often you seen that? You'd, you'd love to see Marley, Marley, McMill, well, Marley, J Mac, and Sammy Wright would all be first choice general defenders who are, who are missing. Yeah. I'm definitely missing them quite a bit. In any case, it's going to be interesting. I, I see Gibson probably doing a run with, with Stephen Hill. Mount to either Neil or Bradley Hill. Both have been in pretty good form. Probably Brad Hill has been in better form. Though you could probably debate that. The rest will be head-to-head. Their forward line, I see they, they'll play Johnson on probably door just to try and get that rebound and try and nudge yeah. the ball. Hamling will go straight to Brown and hug him the entire game. <laughs> At least Spur will hug anyone that goes near him. It's, yeah, and there'll be a few others rotating. I don't see, do we see Lindsay Thomas going back at all? I can see him rolling through there. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. not sure I can see him having a hard assignment back there, but yeah, I'd be I mean, surprised I thought, if he plays, personally. I actually thought that Lindsay was, um, I know he got caught holding the ball that one occasion, but 
I actually thought some of his work in the back half wasn't too bad. Yeah, uh, I liked his work out of the forward was, line, you know, when he came up to the wing and in the back half. He, yeah, I thought it was quite good. Um, that said, oof, again, I, don't see, I don't see him reinvented as a small defender, and I no, think no, no, his no, career is no. still on a knife edge, but I thought it was fine. Yeah. So um, in- whether he, yeah, like Quib says, whether he plays or not, I'm not sure, but mm. well, never know. Go look at these ins and outs just quickly. I know it'll change for the time. Most people do this, but so Ben Cunnington, yes, in no issues. Uh, of of the extended bench, yeah. Yeah, we'll probably just quickly go through it. So Jamont, I think we need him in. Yeah, Nielsen. Well, Cunning- Cunnington will be in. Nielsen's known to be in. So yep. then it's two of Proust, Simpkins, Zerha, Clark, Dumont. So I think Proust is the most curious one there. Um, obviously, Waite's a big out, but Proust is no replacement for Waite. But do we do we need that replacement at all? Well, um, I mean, this is if any other. Well, that's you. You almost make the case for Zerha as an extra sort of medium tall. That was my yeah, I must say, I, I know nothing about Zerha, Nielsen, any of these non-AFL players, so I've got no idea about them at all. Well, he's an AFL player now. He's on the senior list. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> on Sunday, he might become one. <laughs> um, yeah, or Zeebel's been... spending more time forward. Yeah, well, that's true. And that well, actually is an interesting matchup for us if we did throw him forward. Um that said, I think uh, – do you think that Garner and Zeeb will both be too similar in how they would play up forward, yes, though? Yes, I would agree with that. It's all right. You can have two half-forward flankers. It's two <laughs> half-forward flank, it's two half-forward flanks for them to play on. I'd, I'd be happy with that. Um, you know, Zeeb's the more stand your ground, take a nice yeah. contested mark. Garner's going to jump over your head and take a mark. Yeah, I, I'd be very happy with them. Um, obviously, they can both rotate through the middle. I've got no issue with them both playing off off a half forward flank. All right. Yeah. So do we think? So then you'd almost if you, if you did that way, I reckon Lindsay gets dropped. I've been. Jeez, we we never dropped. drop guys who are named on the field, though, do we? Yeah, we've done that a couple of times. And, unless they shuffle it around on Friday, which a lot of a lot of teams have been doing that this season. I've noticed. Yeah. So, yeah. so just looking, assuming Cunnington and Nielsen are in, assuming Proust and Zerha aren't, then that means one of Clark, Dumont and Simpkin misses out. Who do you reckon? I reckon they'll give Simpkin another go in the BFL. Simpkin another week, yeah. yeah. I would agree with that, yeah, because they're trying to try them in the midfield a bit as well as half full field. Yeah. And, I mean, coming back from the, the shoulder, you can take your time with that. You yeah, know, I, well, where the season is at the moment, like, he's not going to lose anything by playing a few games in the BFL, unlike some of the others that have had only one or two shots at it. I mean, I think Jai Simpkin, I'd love to have him fully fit and in the side, but but um, I think he's probably, for no other reason than just because he's coming back off an injury, he'd be the one to miss out. Yeah, right which, which, something I was going to mention, did you notice that the announcement, at least a Twitter announcement of Zerha's pr- um, promotion was that they used the term nominated rookie. So does that mean we've used him in the sort of at mid-year you can promote one rookie? That's that's what I understand. Without an yeah. LTI. So yeah. we, so we still have promise. the LTI available if they want to bring up Fordham. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, right. I, 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 that's how I took it. Yeah, I took that away as well. Cool. So not just me. No, you're not <laughs> the only one. Just quickly, the style of match, do you reckon... Ross, the boss, will try and make this a bit more dour? Or you... this is gonna, this, Shoot this out. Has the, this has the potential of being an ugly, ugly, ugly game. Shoot yeah. out. <laughs> Just watching how players... This Shoot game. out. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to put two players behind the ball like Carlton does. Yeah. Bound from there. It's a crap brand of football. I hate it. But it's effective against us because we, yeah. we don't we don't have the players that spun enough to play the. As a as a viewer of this game, I would suggest preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. To use a Brad Scottism. <laughs> yeah, I agree. If it is a shootout, or if it's a fun game, North 
are probably favourites. They don't have the cattle up forward outside Walters. No. So against against the Dua Uber flooding Carlton, we kicked seventeen eleven. Yeah. So <laughs> so against the Dua Uber flooding Frio, against the Dua Uber flooding Frio, who are also no good, shoot out. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing we haven't mentioned yet is obviously Sandrings is quite a big out as well. So um, yeah. if we do bring Pruce in. Um, it would be nice and easy beat up on their Ruckman if yeah, but we play Goldie and Bruce. Ruckman? Man Mountain. He's an absolute, yeah, he's Bruce. He's that type of young Darcy. I know you probably haven't heard of him, Quiv. I know you've you barely heard of any of our young players. <laughs> <laughs> but Darcy's... I've played Darcy's AFL, I've heard. Last two weeks, he's had 70... Isn't he a 19-year-old puppy fat mountain rather than... Yeah, he's puppy fat, but he's had yeah. 70 hit-outs. 115 kilos is still 115 kilos. The Saints have got what? Hickey is there, Ruckman. Yeah, that's that's it. Well, no, Sandringham have Hickey. Um, <laughs> Billy Longer. No, that's it, yes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's on. no star himself, though. So. <laughs> mm. right but that's actually enough. a good point because you've got, you've got Darcy there for them, but then their second Ruck. Who would it be? Johnson. Uh, yeah, or, uh, Logue. or Logue's played in the Rock, I believe. Oh, has he? Logue. Yeah, he played, yeah. he played the Rock against us. Oh, was that that game? I didn't even notice. Everyone else, everyone else is sort of third tall size for them, isn't he? So, yeah, so so does that maybe point to maybe Bruce getting a run and maybe because we have eliminated that third tall, maybe he can come in and we won't, don't lose a great deal? Well, I think Bruce has to play. Johnson's yeah. only 195. I suppose he can do it. I know Johnson has played in the ruck before, like pinch oh, hit. We, we've Kirsten, Kirsten pinch in hits in the ruck a bit too, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, they all kind of do, but doesn't, in the end, I don't think it really matters outside. Oh, no. they got Darcy still in the ruck. I don't think we're going to... Oh, get... yeah. No, no, no. But I'm just thinking of a first-year player with not, you would think, not the tank that someone like, oh, let's say Goldstein has... Um, well, this is a big test for him because if, um, if he can't, if he, I think it's, you know, this is an opportunity for him to, uh, hopefully shut a few people up. But, um, but if you've got one kid basically being your sole main, like, rock with no, nothing but pinch hitters, I think that's a, um, you know, maybe if we do play two rucks, maybe that is a, uh. Yeah, but the thing is, we've got different. Daw as well, so... Yeah, we are, we've got Magic. So, I'm not too... I think we'll, we'll go a bit smaller after we've been going tour a few weeks, and as I said, we've I've noticed our pressure's actually dropped off intensity, and I think we will go that small to medium, just to try and make sure that we don't get run off our feet, like Gold Coast mm-hmm. done to us, and a few other teams have done to us, we've just gone in too tall. So, I think we're trying... Yeah change of tactics here well it is um it is one way to get past the uber flood because if you've got a lot of players that can you know cover ground and 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 are quite mobile they can end up uh you know obviously the work rate comes into it and then they can um potentially you know get past the flood but so maybe that maybe that's some of our thinking there with not going another replacement tall forward so plenty of questions it'll be interesting to see how we run out Either that or the two tall forwards we lost were both sort to get up the ground and, and Larky, who's the, the next tall likely in, is more uh, out of the square kind of guy. Yeah, you're, yes. you're not gonna you're not gonna ask him to roam up and down the wings in his first game. No. Especially a first year player, you don't see that happening at all. So Yeah. That's a good point. Anyway, we'll we're running a bit over time now, so we'll just quickly move on to the carriages. Or the carriage awards this week. So there's a few obvious nominations. Nick Subin for mine. Absolute crap. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bad footballer. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny <him> very nicely. <laughs> I described him as a fat crab, but Could you imagine the imagine if he was on our list for as long as he's been on their list? I would be supporting Essendon. We'd be calling you 
we'd be we'd be telling people not to disrespect such an absolute warrior of the football. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Gibson, Sam Gibson would be the golden child. <laughs> yeah. Now that's a real sliding doors moment. Oh, Ethan Hughes. Who the hell is Ethan Hughes? I think he might be a tallish defender. Yeah, I'll go for him. It's hard to go past Shane Kirsten, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't know. Is that, is that like you're not allowed to pick the bloke? Oh, no, so that's the definition of carriage, isn't it? The bloke who killed you the last time doing it again. Well, yeah, the yeah, repeat. <laughs> isn't it? The repeat offender. Oh, in that case, it's got to be Kirsten, doesn't it? On the on the basis of repeat offender. Um, if, um, Bruzy, if you're listening to this, could you please let us know if anyone's won the carriage twice in a year? Well, carriage. Oh, in a year. Carriage did it in consecutive years. Yeah. I know. Nomination. Yeah. I'm going to go Kirsten. Kirsten as well? Okay. Well, Kirsten. Uh, put, put, me down, put me down for Hughes. I mean, Kirsten's the obvious one, so I'll go for Hughes. Ethan Hughes. Jeez, what a name. <laughs> anyway, two dads. <laughs> right, I'd like to just finish up this. So I'd like to thank Quiv, Greg, Rob Zombie. For joining us tonight. Pleasure as no always. Thank you. No worries. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week as always. Bye bye.